0: Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Aria Hawani back with another edition of DC and Hawani. Yes, the Monday staple. As always, a lot to discuss. Big win for one Derek Lewis this past Saturday. A lot going on in the heavyweight division, so stay tuned for all of that. But first, I do want to let you know about the Baseball Tonight podcast with the one and only Buster Olney. It is back Monday through Friday. Yes, five days a week. How lucky is he I personally am still wondering if he'll ever invite me on to talk about the late, great Montreal Expos. Probably not going to happen, but I do feel like I would have a lot to say, and this could be a good time for it. Just throwing it out there. Anyway, I do want to let you know that you should check out his episode with Dr. Anthony Fauci, who talks about the feasibility of having a full baseball season. Also, Buster speaks to World Series winning manager, the one and only Dave Roberts, of the Los Angeles Dodgers and his counterpart in the other dugout this past fall, Rays manager, Kevin Cash. That's the Baseball Tonight podcast. You can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Also, and if you didn't know by now, Stephen A's World, hosted by the inimitable Stephen A. Smith, streams weekdays on ESPN+. Plus. But here's a cool new thing. The best interviews from that show are now available as a podcast every Wednesday. So, listen wherever you get your podcast and a reminder to watch Stephen A's World on ESPN Plus right now. For now, though, time for this week's episode of DC and Hawani. And as always, listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Now, making their way to the microphone, DC and Hawani.
1: Phantom weights, I love you guys. You guys got it. <laughs> You almost got as much it as Calvin (laughs) Gasteli. Here's Daniel Cormier and Ariel Helwani.
0: Back in your life on this fourth week of February 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of DC and Helwani. That's DC, Daniel Cormier. I'm Helwani, Ariel Helwani in DC. I have to say you know, you've been on the call for so many fight nights over the past few weeks. I, I missed you on Saturday. I really? feel like I haven't heard from you in quite some time. Yes.
1: I mean, I, maybe that it felt like we hadn't done a show for a long time.
0: Yeah. This week felt longer because I had
1: nothing to do. But trust me, it was beautiful to have a rest and get away from the arena for a weekend. And man, I watched it. I actually watched it as a fan, which was something that I haven't been able to do for a while. It's great.
0: Yeah, no, I'm happy that you watch it because sometimes you sort of, you know, you know, you you come see, come side If you know, no, you I always
1: watch. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, see,
0: for the <laughs> like, notes. Dude, every
1: time you have a habit of calling me on Facetime on fight, on night,
0: fight night. I'm no, normally
1: okay. sitting in front of my TV watching fights. If I'm not calling, you know that. That's you true. on the That's other true. hand, playing with Walt. At the local tennis club, the whole Elwani clan at the local tennis club. I saw you guys. I mean, come on, man. I watched the fights. You play tennis. I mean, I guess.
0: I guess it's smart. I'm a know. man of any great talents. See, by the way, no joke. I'm not. I'm not trying to butter you up. Did you lose weight? Because it looks like your face. No, is so I'm really wearing unusual. a black
1: shirt. I'm wearing a black shirt. You got to be very careful with the shirts, you know. But no, I have not lost weight. What is, wait, the black shirt makes you slimmer? It make that's, you all, if you're, if you're fat, you always wear black, always oh. like you and those little slumping shoulders that you have, you can wear whatever colors wow. you want. You know, like you can wear anything, but if your shoulders look like mine, like, see how my, see how my shoulders kind of go across, but yours kind of mm-hmm. like do this sl- slopey looking thing. Like, what is that? Uh, like yeah. No, no, your posture, you know, like your posture, like it kind of goes down. Whereas mine's more yeah. like this, you know, it's like. The posture of a, see right. this
0: this right here is the posture of a very a confident
1: man. You know, like very confident.
0: I try to give you a compliment. You you take a shot at me. Fine, you didn't lose what I do, I do want to say. I like what you're doing with the hair. The hair looks great. Oh, here we go. Here hair. we
1: go. You see? Right. <laughs> we talked about. It. We I mean, talked about. You do, this. You bringing back the fade or what? Uh, we talked powder? about this all very. You were supposed, No, you promised. And and then not you took a shot anymore. at me. You 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 promised not to mention my hair because of my haircut. I haven't been able to shave my head lately. I brought one of my hats. They told me I can't because it's a sponsored element, and they're not sponsoring the show. Can I have anything for myself? I mean, can I have a sponsor for myself that doesn't belong to you? That's all I'm wondering. Are we just all joined together now, you and I?
0: Forever, till death do us part. Uh, Here's something that you can have later after the show, because, of course, I'd be remiss if I don't mention that today is national... (laughs) what cook a sweet potato day it's cook a sweet potato day so after the show if you'd like to uh indulge on a little sweet potato by the way also national margarita margarita day so have a margarita while you do that and of course you're in the perfect
1: spot i actually gave up the alcohol for the season the linton season so no alcohol me for DC.
0: well you're in the perfect spot to celebrate because today's also national california day So you can celebrate this This, this
1: one. I knew national California. I live here right in the great state of California, national California day is one we look forward to every single year. So I knew this. one.
0: All right. Well, do you see a lot to get to? As you said, we had a uh, exciting fight night on Saturday, a lot of great action between the boxing on, on uh, ESPN, the top rank boxing, of course, uh, UFC on ESPN plus, let us start with the man of the hour, the one and only Derek Lewis the Black Beast, uh, knocking out Curtis Blades' vicious uppercut in the second round. Makes a little history as well. Uh, ties Vitor Belfort for the most knockouts slash TKOs in UFC history, 12 for the Black Beast. You know, the storyline going into this fight was all about what does Curtis Blades do if he wins, right? Does he wait for the title shot? Does he does he try to fight a John Jones? Does he fight someone else in the interim, a, a surreal guy named Jarzina Well, here's Derek Lewis who does not mince any words as far as his feelings towards Curtis Blades are concerned, knocking him out, hits him with the DX chop a couple (laughs) of times, hits him with a few extra shots. Are you surprised that he did this to the blazing hot, or at least previously blazing hot, Curtis Razor Blades?
1: Can I be honest with you? Please. The odds for that fight to me felt right. Derek was like
0: 300 or something, right? 350. By the way, thank you for (laughs) noting that. Biggest main event UFC upset since Bisping Rockhold in 2016. Oh, I was blown away. (laughs) That's Uh, not fair to Derek Lewis. No. Well, here's here's
1: the thing, though, right? It's fair because the last time you saw Derek with a predominantly wrestling fighter, he wasn't able to do very well. So you envisioned that it would look the same. Curtis Blades being the type of wrestler that he is with the pace and the pressure would just continue to ground Derek until maybe found the submission or got a finish. But the reality is this is not the same Derek Lewis from back in the day. This guy has shown improved takedown defense on multiple occasions because this isn't the first time that he's wrestled better. He wrestled better against Olenek, right? Didn't he fight Olenek? Mm -hmm. He He wrestled. Yeah, he beat him. Olenek was trying to take him down. Couldn't get Derek down. Blades tried on a few occasions, couldn't get Derek down. And even when he got to a single leg, right, You with a guy like Derek Lewis, a big guy like that, you want to grab one leg. You don't want to grab two. They're too strong in the hips. You grab one, you start trying to move them and hope that they fall down. Curtis grabbed one leg. Derek was able to keep his balance, stay upright, and show that this dude is improving, but not only improving, he's improving very fast. And if you have to stand with Derek Lewis, you're in a ton of trouble, and man, did he sleep Curtis blades and that uppercut to throw that uppercut, right? Kind of backing up as Curtis is entering is impressive, but the timing and to see it, right? Cause you can drill stuff all day in practice, right? You can drill when he shoots. We're going to throw this. When he shoots, you're going to throw this. You could drill that to, the, to as many times as you want. But When you're in there, everything is moving so much faster than you just hitting the pad. He landed that shot and it was, it was a thing of beauty.
0: I mean, I, I, I missed it. I was like,
1: wow, he dropped him. It just came out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, he said he was looking for the knee or he was looking for the uppercut. He got the uppercut. You know, Michael Bisping said something in the first round where he said he was talking to Rashad. It was kind of funny because he's like, oh, sorry for talking about our personal conversation on air. But he did say that Curtis, at least in terms of Rashad's point of view, uh, Curtis, his takedown's a little sloppy, as he put it. Do you agree with that? Like, was there something that Curtis could have done differently to avoid that? So... Speaking from experience now, right, because I fought Derek.
1: Yeah. You got to make him back up, right? You make him back up, and then you try to get his hands up. Because even when Curtis was going off on Derek, you saw Derek bring that high guard up, right? He brings up the high guard to make sure you don't hit him because he doesn't necessarily like to get hit. When the the high guard goes up, that's when you drop down and grab a leg. Curtis wasn't doing that. When he did get Derek to react with the hands high, he didn't shoot. He was too much – he was too comfortable in the striking. He was either trying to wrestle Derek or he was trying to strike with Derek. He was never doing them both at the same time. You can't do that in today's mixed martial arts. You gotta be mixing everything up and and uh Curtis just did not set up those shots. And then it seemed like when he was ready to go, he just was gonna take a shot from the outside
0: and Derek Lewis is is phenomenal. I wanna give you props here because as you mentioned, you fought Derek Lewis first and only UFC heavyweight title fight that happened inside the world's most famous arena, uh, home to the blazing hot New York Knickerbuckers (laughs) back at UFC uh, 230. And I feel like the way in which you beat Derek Lewis and the relative, I know it wasn't easy, but the relative ease in which you defeated him, at least to the casual viewer back home, is something that comes up every time Derek Lewis fights a wrestler. People say, well, look what DC did to him. Like your win over him continues to age Mm-hmm. more and more impressively. It's a beautiful thing to watch that. Why did you have so much success against him? And why do these other grapplers not have this kind of success against them?
1: It's not the same type of wrestling, right? Like you can't just you can't just take him down. I think the first takedown was a high crotch and I was able to dump him, right? Just move him and dump him. The last one was an ankle pick off of a front headlock, right? So it's not like I'm, I was just grabbing his leg. I was literally just wrestling Derek Lewis because I understood that if I was going to beat him, I needed to just wrestle for three weeks because I didn't have much of a camp. So for three weeks, I wrestled and I wrestled and I wrestled, and I was able to make him back up because he was aware of the takedowns. And I just kind of threw hands at him a little bit, and I just kind of snagged at his leg. Um, Listen, man, people don't necessarily like giving me credit for all the things that I did, but there was that was you know, it was it was it was a it was you know, the way I fought was very different the way I fought was very difficult to deal with for most people. And um, especially when I was good, when I was, you know, when I was healthy, when I was, you know, I was 30, I was still younger. I was having that great year in 2018. The momentum was rolling, you know, so um, I still could fight to my potential back then, you know, late in my career, I couldn't really fight to the same potential. So it's a, it was very, it was a tough fight, but I was able to wrestle for a month to prepare to wrestle Derek Lewis and,
0: he just wasn't necessarily ready for that style of fight. By the way, I don't want to be biased here, but like, geez, Louise, you're talking about this fight like it happened 10 years ago. It happened just like three <laughs> years ago. You just went 25 minutes with the heavyweight champion of the world. Like, let's. Yeah, you know, but let's that the I thing, got. Your the feelings. reality is, like,
1: happening. that guy in August, like, that's not, that wasn't the guy like from back then, not even from 2018. I wasn't the same guy. Like, Age gets you, man. Age, injuries, all that stuff gets you. COVID, everything gets you. And then fighting Stipe Miocic, who's the best heavyweight of all time. Things get to you, you know. So, And I can recognize that, you know. I, I wasn't the same fighter in those the, the last couple of fights that I was uh, prior. But okay. Derek Lewis, back to Derek, um, he, you know, he, he continues to impress. And I believe that if this dude continues to show marked improvement in the wrestling, he, you know, he could he could fight anyone. For a guy that has to stand with him, they're in trouble. And I, I saw something uh, the other day. Um, it was on my Twitter. And I said, Derek Lewis has the most power ever. And somebody goes, Francis won, Derek two Right? Everybody started going, Francis, 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 Francis. People, there is a reason Francis Ngannou was so tentative in the fight against Derek Lewis. It's the only time he's ever fought like that. Francis just bull rushes everybody from Stipe Miocic to Alistair Overeem, almost a blatant disregard for them and their power. He stood and took pictures with Derek Lewis because of the power coming back in his direction. So let's not go acting as if Derek Lewis doesn't have power to match anyone in the heavyweight division, even Francis Ngannou. And when you talk about knockouts, nobody has more than Derek. So how do you say that another guy has more power than him? And that's not a knock on Francis. It's just reality. Okay,
0: let me ask someone who has felt the power. What is it like to get punched by Derek Lewis? Like, It's awful. To- <laughs> it's not even just his punches. It's everything from the kicks. Derek did a jumping
1: kick and he kicked my arm. I had knots in my arm for days afterwards. I had his leg up in the air and he hammer fisted me. I had a black eye for two days. Like, It doesn't take much from this guy to hurt you. And he hits you in the moment. It's thudding, right? It's like, there are guys in my career that I fought that have just natural power. Dan Henderson. Then Henderson, when he hit you, it was like it was every, every time it just kind of like stopped. Mm. Um, Derek Lewis was another guy just hit extremely hard. Um, the power is real, man. And it's on display every time he goes in the octagon.
0: Mm. He's very popular. He's very funny. Yes. He's got a Fun style. He's on a winning streak. Now he's slimmer than he was. He kind of weighs the same as he did back in the day. But it's a different kind of body composition. Yeah. Body composition looks different. He's uh, injury free. He had a bad back injury that sidelined him for a little bit. I feel like this Derek Lewis can go on a run. Now, ultimately, can he beat Stipe? I don't know. Hey, he can beat Francis. Hey, he did it. So, yeah, like, yeah. that's the thing, right? Like,
1: if Derek, so here, here's what, you, here's the thing. Francis Derek Lewis needs to be paying very close attention to what happens at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. If Francis and Ganu beat Stipe. Next month, and Stipe takes some times away, some time away, like he's done, right? Derek Lewis fights Francis again. Derek Lewis could be the UFC champion, like that's a real possibility because he can fight with just about anyone. Does he? And it's all about matchups. He matches up better with Francis than he does Stipe, I think, mm-hmm. because Stipe has the ability to ground him, and Stipe's faster. Steve he will struggle a little bit with the guys that are fast. But against a power striker like Francis, I think he, he matches up really well. And um, he needs to be really paying attention. I'd go to Vegas if I was him. I'd go to Vegas, March 27th. I'd sit in the arena, and I would just pay attention. And I would make sure those guys know that I'm here in case, you know, you know, something happens. Because I'm starting to hear things like Jones is watching Blahovich and Edesanya. He may want to fight those guys like – I, if I'm Derek Lewis, I'm playing as if I got a chance.
0: Sure. Um, so let's let's stay. I, you know, I think ultimately they're going to give John Jones, Jones that title yeah. shot. Um, it's the biggest fight to make. John Jones fighting for a UFC heavyweight title in his heavyweight debut is massive. If it's against Stipe, arguably the greatest heavyweight champion of all time, huge. If it's against Francis and his power, gigantic. I mean, you could do no wrong. Now the question is: All right, Lewis, do you either wait? And I can't see him waiting. He's never been that Ooh. guy. Or I think the other two options are rematch against Alexander Volkov, who he had that great fight against back on the Habib Connor card. Uh, Volkov was like 11 seconds away from winning that fight before he got knocked out. That's the infamous, my balls was hot fight, yeah. which you can <laughs> replay it. I mean, it's easy to promote. Or you fight the winner of this weekend's fight, Surreal Gunn versus Jarzino Rosenstrike. Those are two fresh matchups. He talked afterwards about wanting to fight Alistair Overeem. I don't think that's a don't good idea. I want to see that. Role. Those I don't want to him. see
1: that fight with Overeem. Right. I know he him and Overeem have had some issues in the past, so I understand why Derek wants to fight him. But if I'm team Alistair, I'm saying I don't I don't want to deal with it because Volkov put it on him. And Volkoff doesn't have the power that Derek Lewis has. Derek may hurt him. And um he, man, did you hear Curtis Blades after the knockout? Yeah. It's like snoring and like moaning. It was scary. It was it was scary. scary right? It's that's the power of Derek Lewis. You don't want to see a over him who's aging, and his reflexes aren't what they used to be fighting this dude. Cyril gone. Jorginho Rosenstrike makes all the sense in the world because, one, they're fighting at the same time, right? Derek this week, them next week, Stipe Francis the following week, I believe, or following maybe month. A, the month. following month, right? Following month. You take those two winners, and then you put them in the co-main event of the heavyweight title fight. And then it all works out. You got your number one contender fight right before you got the heavyweight title fight. And whoever wins gets the uh, the, the championship fight. Here's the issue, right? Here's the issue. If Steve Miocic loses, as when he lost to me, he deserves a rematch. That's why I fought him again, even though it took some time. He will deserve a rematch, right? Mm-hmm. If Steve Miocic loses to Francis, now what? Now what, though? Do they just move on without him or do they – I don't know, Ariel, because the dude does
0: deserve – they're one and one. But they're going to give it to John. They, but Ariel, I mean, they're one and, and one. By, by the way, maybe then you do Derek versus Stipe. Yeah. A but man, I'm
1: just saying, fight. man, like at, he he will deserve a rematch. Now, do you scrap all the plans that are in play and give him that said rematch or do you make him wait? Because, again, it took time for me to fight him again. I did fight Derek in the meantime. So Steve Miocic, this fight for him is so important because it's a heavyweight championship fight, but also because of what happens if he does not win. Because now he's got some time to wait. He's going to find himself frustrated as he was with me. And he will also be getting older every single day. So then you, he will then find himself in the same position I was in by the time we started fighting again and again, right? So it's like, man, this this is a big spot for the champ and he has to get it done or –
0: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The good news is that heavyweight is super interesting. I love when top guys fight around each other because now we start talking about them. The division is in focus. I'm going to talk more about the heavyweight division in a second. But I do want to ask you this. Um, here we are showering Derek with praise, and rightfully so. What about the extra shots when Blades was down? You know, he that's said extra like, shot. Early, no, okay. So you don't feel like that's. Dirty or anything like that? No, uh, bro. You,
1: they tell you in their Ariel, fight until we stop you. That's what Derek Lewis does. Dude. He fights until you pull him off of him. We've seen many times where guys drop someone and then the guys, like, match over. Not your job to stop the fight. It's the referee's job to stop the fight. And he punched him until Herb Dean got there to stop the fight. And Derek saw that's her Dean's fault because I think um, there was a moment of, of human, like he humanized what just happened, right? It was very like a, a realization, like, wow, you know, like this dude's hurt hmm. because he could hear Curtis, right? After the, the initial rush of the chops and the, the the Black Beast celebration, you look across that octagon and see that guy on the ground going, oh. yeah, it's scary, right? Now, then the human aspect takes over. And that's when Derek looked like, whoa, you know, that's not me. You know, like, and now he's kind of saying that's his fault. But reality is Herb didn't do anything wrong. He, the moment Derek dropped him, he ran over there as fast as he could, yelling stop, stop, stop. But Derek did exactly what he was supposed to do. But you cannot let these guys take follow-up shots at heavyweight. There cannot be follow-up shots at heavyweight. You have to get in there as soon as you can, because those punches, those two punches that Derek landed, could really for a long time, have Curtis Blades gun shy now, right? Mm-hmm. Like he might, he may not be the same guy when he goes into the octagon, like, Holy cow. I don't want, I don't want that to happen again. You never know what those types of knockouts, uh, what type of effect it has on these guys long-term.
0: So I'm, I'm told that he's going home today, Curtis. He, he did go to the hospital. Uh, that's the kind of knockout that can stay with you for quite some time. Like, you know, I don't want to see him fight for a while. He needs to rest. He needs to recover. I feel for him now. One fight left on his contract. He was hoping to cash in Derek, by the way, one fight left on his contract. So he's in prime position to cash in, um, whether or not he gets that new deal before, uh, the last he fight will. or after. Generally you don't, Gen- right. unless you tell them I want to wait.
1: Like right. I, I never reached the end of my contract ever. I've never gotten to a position where I was fighting the last fight on my contract. We've always found a way to get to the extension before. And he hits him with the DX chop. I mean, multiple. I mean, DX bro, chops. <laughs> you, and then you start waiting for the interview, right? Cause you know, he's going to be great, but then right. he was kind of reserved. He, was, he reserved. was reserved in the interview. He was reserved. Um, Gosh, I mean, I, I, I there, there's normally a little bit more with the interviews to Derek Lewis, right? Like there's well, usually like, like
0: off the cuff stuff. stuff, like he has to go to the the washroom or something like that. It's usually I have like, to go to the boo boo. <laughs> I have to boo. My
1: stomach hurt. And I like my balls was hot. He just says like all kinds of crazy stuff. But this time he was very reserved. I don't I don't understand. But he did a good job with Larsenko. Whenever Laura was like, you see him emotionally. He's like, no, nah, I just had something in my eye like that. Doing? That's Derek, you know, like, man, the dude's fun. Dude's fun. Dude can really fight, powerful. And it's, again, it's about matchups and who he ends up fighting uh, for that belt.
0: All right. So, and, and by the way, uh, you talk about like C level Kane, uh, motivated BJ, things of that nature. Derek Lewis in February. Is a force to be reckoned with. Seven and zero now. Fighting in February throughout his entire career, his birth month. So you know, watch out if you get booked against. I mean, if he I you would have fought you in career. February, I mean, it would have been all she wrote. You know what I mean? He'd be the heavyweight champ. Crazy. So we're talking about. <laughs> you're so ridiculous. Like I sometimes
1: I look at you like this dude's ridiculous. Like you can't even help yourself with the instigate. Like it's just what you do. Like I'm just you're saying. trying to instigate. You're trying to instigate Derek Lewis against an old man now. You're trying no, to instigate, I'm saying that was then,
0: It was in November, so everything was okay. But I'm saying if it would have been in February, uh, maybe maybe things different. Now we talk about <laughs> the heavyweight division, heavyweights on fire. Actually, I liked it on Saturday because we had other heavyweight fights in action and a couple of young guns. Tom Aspinall of the UK, teammate of one Darren Till, Chris Dawkins as well. Two big wins. Do you see something in these guys? Did, uh, did you know, did you feel like okay, we've got some future? Blood, some 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 new faces at heavyweight, or TBD?
1: Well, I, I mean, I think the, the jury's still out, right? Okay. But I do believe that these kids have talent. I, I think that both of those guys were in spots with longtime veterans where if they made a statement, it would really propel them, even though the veterans aren't what they used to be. Andrei Alaska had won two in a row. Obviously, Olenek can beat and submit anyone. So they were in big spots, and both of them did a fantastic job of getting – the desired result. I loved the way that Dacus went after Olenek, understanding that for all that Alexi Olenek is, the striking is never going to be mistaken for hit one of his strengths. And he put it on him in the standup, did exactly what he was supposed to do. And for Tom, uh, fighting a competitive first round with Andre Arlovsky and then recognizing a change needs to come, hits a beautiful blast double. I mean, head in the chest, runs him clean over, goes right to the submission, just showed a different aspect to his game, something you're going to need if you're going to ultimately make it to the top of the division. Because for as good as Cyril Ogan is, for as good as Jorginho Rosenstrike is, the last two prospects that have broken into the top echelon of MMA, they, they don't just strike. They do have defense, submission defense. They have wrestling defense. You will need all of that if you're going to get to the top of the division.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, we have Gunn and, and Rosenstrike fighting this weekend. I think Gunn is a future heavyweight contender. We know how good Rosenstrike is, yeah, but yeah. I'm really high on Gunn. Gunn, for those that don't know, coming from the same camp that Nganu did, same head coach, Fernando Lopez, that got Nganu into MMA. This guy is super tough, <laughs> super athletic, super fast, super powerful, has actually shown a great ground game as well. Mm-hmm. Man, surreal Gunn versus... Derrick Lewis, so, I mean, Rosenstrike versus Derek Lewis would be great too, but Surreal Gunn to me is the real deal. I am very impressed with him. You?
1: Yeah, I think he's I think he's fantastic. It looks like, he looks like Anthony Joshua, big hulking yeah. guy. Uh can fight everywhere. But I'm gonna tell you, man, Jarzinho may look like he's not really going at a super high pace, but Jarzinho Rosenstrike has dynamite in his hands. Mm. And he can put you out in no time. We saw it in the Overeem fight. And then we saw it in the, la- in the fight with Dos Santos in August because it was kind of slow up until the point that he landed. And the moment he landed, fight over. It's crazy. Th- this is going to be a big, big fight this weekend. And whoever wins this fight, they're going to be in prime position for a uh, massive, massive spot coming up. Hey, here's the problem. The division has gotten so good that there is no clear path as to who's fighting for the championship anymore. The only person that can sit back and go, I know I'm fighting for the belt is Jones. Everybody else is kind of like, man, what do I do? You know, poor Curtis Blades was like, I'll just stay busy. I got to make money for my family. I got a $100,000 win bonus, you know. So I'll keep fighting. I'll keep beating everybody else. Now he has to go and find another way to work himself back into the winning circle. Derek has now had one three in a row. He's looking great. Francis fighting for the belt versus Stepe. Jones on the sideline getting the title shot, gone, uh, versus Rosenstreit. It's just a crazy division. And then you got these young dudes that are now starting to make their way into the top 10. It's it's a beautiful time to be watching heavyweight in the UFC.
0: I'm curious about Curtis's future. One fight left. Uh vocal about, you know, fighter pay and stuff like that. And Volkov, uh, like Volkov. Like Volkov. Like yeah, look at Volkov. Yeah. I mean,
1: like, if Volkov fights like he did a couple of weeks ago, Ariel, with that size. How are they supposed to beat him? Well, He's fighting behind I the jab. Volkov like,
0: that. versus Derek Lewis, too, would be a lot of fun because Volkov. For me, I don't want to see Derek fight him oh, because I'm Derek got sure. lucky. Derek got lucky.
1: Hey, let me tell you something. When Derek beat Volkov, Derek saved two people. First off, he saved himself from losing, yeah. and he saved me because imagine they were going to ask me to fight somebody in November. It would have been Volkov if he won the fight. Could you imagine that visual? Me versus Alvin Volkov in the Octagon. It's crazy. Or Stipe. I wouldn't have fought Stipe. Not on short notice. I would have <laughs> never fought Stepe <laughs> on short notice. It would have been the other guy. Whoever it was, it would have been someone else besides Stipe yeah, on short I got notice. your
0: back, all right? You know, I'm trying to keep it <laughs> real over here. I got your back, Steve. By the way, how jealous were you of Derek, you know, getting a couple of tweets there from Lil Wayne? You see Lil Wayne showing Wayne's him man. up? He Wayne's a man. Lewis.
1: He's the man, bro. Like, Derek has gotten a lot of love from some of my favorite people. Wayne, Popeyes, you know, <laughs> Derek, has, Derek, Derek has gotten Derek has gotten a lot of love from a lot of people that I really do like.
0: All right. So so that was fun. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I mean, just another reminder that the fight game is, is no game. You see Curtis Blades get knocked out like that. You see the Oscar Valdez knockout in top rank like 20 Frankie. minutes later. It's, it's Frankie, of course. I mean, it is serious business. It's scary stuff. And um, Ariel.
1: Don't judge a card by the names on the card because last weekend was fireworks from the start to the finish. It was crazy finishes all across that card when weekend before we had the names and we had a lot of decisions. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like you can't judge these cards based on just, oh, I don't recognize this name. These people go to the octagon to really show out.
0: Thank you, Dana Carmier. I appreciate that. That Come on. That's the truth, bro. Is that not true? Is that not true? I mean, of course you could you could say, oh, this card's a little thin on paper and then it ends up being great. I've never subscribed to that theory. But you well, know why? what is But why? Why? Well, because there's two fifty nine is super stacked. I'm judging it based on the card. Right? But
1: but but 259 is super stacked but we can go to 259 and have three championship fights go to decision. That's and then fine. you're sitting there going all oh going God. into
0: a fight like, it's stacked and it didn't no, pan out. You can say I'm trying going to tell, you, fight, like, trying to tell you that like, pan out.
1: a lot of times people go, "Ah, oh, I don't know, man." But then word of mouth starts and you're like, "Wow, these fights tonight are not great. More people tune in." But I'm telling you, sometimes you get to watch these young I got a friend named Paul and Barry. They were in San Jose to watch me fight Frank Mir. They always go to the very beginning of the show. They watch, they watch you all Romero knock a guy out. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, you never know who you're going to see on the prelims, even though we knew none of the names. So it's like, it's the same type of situation where you get these cards, these fight nights where. I mean, I, when I saw Yana versus uh Kedlin in the co-main event, I was like, wow, it's a co-main event, you know, no disrespect, but it was a good fight. Mm-hmm. And the whole fight night was good. So, you need to just chill with this whole. I don't subscribe to that thought, bro. Wait. Every time, hey, we end up with we end up with Brooklyn. Remember Brooklyn? Remember the first time we went to Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah, we can end up with that again it, when you look at these pay per views. Sometimes,
0: well, I'll agree with you on this to your point. I mean, you talk about really sticking out and making an impact. How about uh, Ayman Zahabi? I mean, that guy, number one, looks Yo. fantastic. I mean, hey, wait, I, to be a male guy? Is that the guy? Model, Is that the, guy? And, Is that the uh, guy that looks and, like
1: you? I was like. I'm watching the fight. I'm watching the fight Saturday. Dude walks out. I'm like, this dude kind of looks like Ariel. I was like, this dude. I was like, who is this dude? I was like, who is? And then the dude goes out there and knocks the guy out. And if Faraz is going, um, I recognize Faraz. I was like, who's the dude fighting? They go, it's Amon Zahabi. I'm like, Amon Zahabi looks like Ariel Hawani. Hey, this is Ariel. If Ariel could fight Amon Zahabi, because Amon Zahabi has some real power, man. He look good. Hmm.
0: I've been trying to tell you about Hawani Boxing for about a year now. What do you I mean, mean, bro? You didn't teach the guy to box. Here's one of our, you know, prize students putting it together. By the way, where does he come from? Where does he come from? Montreal. Have you ever yeah, seen yeah, us? Tri-Star,
1: Tri-Star, Tri-Star. I mean,
0: his brother, Faraz, have you ever seen us in the same room? No. All I'm saying is there's something there. All right. There, and, and we had another guy with an Ariel tattoo on his chest. I mean, Ooh. my fingertips were all over that card. Wait, what do you mean? Who had an Ariel tattoo? Uh, now you're putting me on the spot. I forget you're that. lying. No, 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 no. He so must have a daughter named Ariel. But he has a, a daughter named
1: Ariel. You take, think, you're thinking, like, oh, it's me? Oh my goodness, bro. Like, there was I, some, and, you know, sometimes sometimes I actually cannot believe that there you was were... some
0: talk that you know he's been such a big fan of mine. Cause you know, I'm getting old. I'll be honest. I'm getting old in this game. Uh, what was the guy's <laughs> name? What was the guy's name? Uh, not Chris. Was it that? no? Oh, I'm blowing this John Castaneda. John Castaneda, he beat Eddie Wineland. He had an Ariel tattoo on his chest. And and what I was being told was he was such a big fan from the early days that he did that in honor of me. That's what I was told. I haven't confirmed it yet. <laughs> so I just want to give him a shout out for that. It was a, it was a funky card, though. What about Chas Skelly walks out? Oh, that was okay. the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <I've> never- <laughs> And then, and then they go to Joe Martinez. This fight is not happening. And then he goes to the back and starts singing Tenacious D. Did you see that? That was the no. weirdest. Oh, he starts singing. Crazy- yeah. That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. There are times whenever
1: we're getting ready to call fights, and there is so much going on in the truck, right? In terms of who's fighting, how they're fighting, when they're fighting. Maybe we're going to lose a fight. So it's like everything's kind of rolling. I could not imagine what was happening Saturday as Chas Kelly is
0: just standing in there and no one knows if his opponent is going to make the walk.
1: Like that is the craziest thing
0: I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I felt bad for everyone involved there. That, that's a tough spot. Um, what happened? Have, the guy had back spasms. Yeah. We have seen, by the way, we have situations. Uh, Jamal Emmers is his name. We have seen situations like, remember, Stefan Struve fainted minutes before he was <laughs> supposed to fight Matt Mitrione. Uh, we've seen uh, Kimbo Slice, Ken Shamrock, but never before in my recollection have we seen someone actually be in the cage. And then they have no you imagine the fans were there? That would have been so strange. They would have started
1: booing and going crazy. Could you imagine him walking Skelly back out of there if they had fans? Oh, yeah. That would
0: have been some crazy, crazy speaking stuff. Speaking of crazy stuff, what about Rafael Alves weighing in 11 and a half pounds <laughs> <laughs> over the featherweight limit, he two he weight he classes was- up? He said blue he ain't sad. Blue pass lightweight <laughs> breaks Anthony Johnson's record for the biggest miss in UFC history. He said he had. Was wrong points. with him?
1: Like, how do you do that? How do you go to the weigh-ins 11 pounds overweight? You just don't show up at that point. He was very sad. sad. Sad? Hey, how is he? Ariel? how is he sad he's fully hydrated? I mean, he hasn't even started cutting yet.
0: I think he was embarrassed.
1: Of course. Why not? You should be embarrassed.
0: You are 11 pounds over the weight you one were and contracted. And Fight it. Should he be cut? Eleven? Huh? Is that, is that a fireball offense in your, in your opinion? You missed by two weight classes, or do you give him another chance?
1: Man, I don't know. That is very, very irresponsible. Very irresponsible.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. What's wrong? Oh. What are you yawning for? What's going on? <laughs> very irresponsible. And then you yawn live on our show. I mean, come whoa, on. I mean, <laughs> I only did that it is very as you yawn. Well, well,
1: Ra- you know, Raphael. You know, Raphael. Oh, Raphael. Who's The name, right? Raphael. Missed and a half Yeah, yeah, Raphael. Oh,
0: like
1: okay. to cut or to not cut? You know, it's like. Oh,
0: you're saying move on. Yeah, yeah. Move how on. much? How much would he have? How much would he have saved himself if there was a towel there and he could lean on it? Oh, <laughs> I, have, I, I know
1: nothing about towels. Let me tell you something. If, that, if he had a towel, he would have had to push it to the floor yeah. in order to make the weight. He would be down by the commission. You know how like the commission is like on the floor right. looking at the scale? Yeah. He would have to push down so much to take off 11 pounds that he would be right next to the commissioner leaning over the scale trying to make the weight. That's too much.
0: But you know nothing about that, right?
1: You know nothing, Ariel. I mean, I know nothing about this, like nothing. I, You know what? You know, it would be embarrassing if someone ever did something like that. I'm glad that New York changed rules because That's right. it's absurd to see. I saw somebody do it. I can't remember his name. Um, tried to cheat in New York and then they had to change. Got caught. Yeah. Who's the guy that got caught cheating in New York? I don't know. Yeah, there was a guy that got caught cheating in New York, trying to cheat the scale like,
0: <laughs> hey, uh,
1: Ariel, Ariel.
0: Yeah, was was That's that thing true. I used to? I agree. I agree, I agree, I agree. That's what your wife does when you play too many video games. Oh, we got a good look at the the fade there when you turned your head. Yo, chill, chill, chill. Hi, chill. hi, <laughs> chill, chill. Hey, DC. Speaking of hair, one of the all time great hairdos in the history of this sport, and uh, here we are, Black History Month, celebrating Black History. Always go to TheUndefeated.com. dot Once again, I remind people and we're talking about heavyweights. What about the monster, Kevin Randleman? who uh, unfortunately passed away uh, this uh, just a couple – uh, it was like 11 days or so ago, the anniversary of his passing several years ago. The Monster, Kevin Randleman, former UFC heavyweight champion, former strike force fighter as well, fought in pride. I mean, this man, you talk about an apropos nickname, The Monster. He was, he was, was as intense as can be. Did you ever have any run-ins with him? I've, I've had interactions with him. Mike DeSabato was one of my first sponsors, at cage
1: fighter and Kevin Randleman, Mark Coleman, all the guys from Columbus were very close to Mike. Um, Kevin Randleman, though, I knew of before I even started getting close to fighting because if you remember the old UFC video game back in 2000, 2001, Kevin Randleman, didn't he have like a bad boy tattoo on his uh, – oh, didn't he have like the no. eyes or something on his back or something? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, he did. He did, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, like eyes on his back. The character, his character was the best. But what made me love Kevin Randleman was Kevin Randleman was an NCAA wrestling champion at the University of Ohio State,
0: mm-hmm. Ohio
1: State University. Right. Um, maybe twice, but didn't even wrestle his senior year. He wrestled, he won nationals and didn't even get to compete his senior year. Was just a fantastic wrestler. Uh, comes from the fame Hammer House. Remember Hammer House?
0: Yep. With Him Mark and Coleman, Coleman and
1: all those guys. Uh, cool. Just a fantastic uh, competitor champion in the UFC pride. I mean, do you remember him slamming Fedor well, and then Fedor kind of like going through that and then getting the win? like just some great memories. And one of the guys that really did uh, open a lot of doors for, for black athletes in the fighting.
0: Uh, Two time, as you said, national champion. champion. Yep. Yep. Uh, former UFC champion fought in pride, uh, current member of the UFC hall of fame. He was inducted last year in the pioneer wing passed away in February of 2016. Uh, interviewed him a lot of times. Uh, an intense guy, but really a super nice guy. When you when you talk to him, I had the chance to interview him in his Strikeforce days, uh, and just a legend of the game. So we wanted to give a shout out to the late great Kevin Randleman, the monster. If you haven't seen that Fedor fight in particular, <laughs> uh, go check it out because it is absolutely wild. Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Uh, Let's talk about some other stuff that happened this past week. Is a lot of news, especially in the ever-evolving and the drama-filled welterweight division. All right. So we had... Usman beat Burns last weekend mm-hmm. and then he says hey there's this street thug out there that I want to give a little piece of my mind to give him a full camp let's do this then there's some talk they're going to do the ultimate fighter and, the, and then Masvidal kind of you know responding on on social media and all this stuff and then out of nowhere on Friday here's Usman saying you know what I'm not feeling generous anymore. Uh, maybe, maybe we're going to go in a different direction. What do you make of everything that's going on here? I'll give you my thoughts after you give yours, or I can give you mine first, but I'm just curious what you make of uh, this Usman Masvidal drama.
1: First off, like I said last week, I, I admit and understand why Usman said Masvidal. Biggest, yeah, fight. biggest fight. I don't believe that the fight does the numbers it did last time. I think no. last time was lightning in the bottle. Um, it'll be more normal. The one thing I, you know, the one thing about Kamaru, I did not I did not like him saying, give me Vidal, as I think about it, because you're the champ. You don't call anyone out. Right. They call you out if you're the champion um, to say he said something to the effect of he has no choice but to fight me. No, champ. <laughs> you have to choose to fight him. Right. Like. That's the one area with, with Usman that I was a little bit like, I don't understand why. I get it, right? But you do that behind you do behind closed doors, right? Like, you don't – Masvidal ain't giving Kamaro Usman a rematch. Kamaru Usman's giving Jorge Masvidal a rematch if that happens. Um, but I do understand. I understand why he said – because you know what? He went through the Covington fight as the champion, saw the pay-per-view numbers there. He went through the Masvidal fight as the champion, saw the pay-per-view numbers there. So he can see clearly why you want to fight Masvidal. Um, But make him beg for it. Make him beg the champion for his shot. Uh, I, I don't know what happened. I haven't spoken to Kamaru about why he decided that he doesn't want to fight him anymore. Maybe Masvidal and the negotiations aren't going as smoothly as he thinks and or thinks that they should be going. and. He'll, you know, they, they may have to pivot him in the organization because you got to understand once you're the champion, you're working hand in hand with the organization in most cases to try to get to the preferred destination. Masvidal's the guy on the outside, right? He's the the guy that if he doesn't want to fight for the belt, they'll just move on to the next challenger. Usman and the UFC. So maybe the negotiations aren't going as smoothly on that side,
0: and the other side of the equation is starting to kind of go in a different direction. I agree with the majority of what you said. Uh, I think it was smart for him to target Masvidal. As you said, it's the biggest fight that he could get. It's Mm -hmm. the biggest money fight, if you will, that he could get. It's the most draws that he can get, um, pay-per-view buys, all that stuff. Um, I think what he's trying to do now, this fight's not dead. Honestly, I'd be shocked if this fight doesn't happen. What he's trying to do now is he called his shot. He got what he wanted. He took a picture with the boss. Everything's good. Masvidal didn't come to the table as quickly, and by the way, they're pretty close from what I'm told. And now he wants to change the narrative and be like, "No, no, no, no! I'm the last one to come to the table. I'm the king here." I'm he is the, the king. king, but he, he is, is the king. king. But I think he's trying to change the way the story is told. The champion doesn't come to the table first. The challenger comes. I anoint you, and you come to the table before me. I think that's what I... to... I'm not feeling as generous. Guess mm-hmm. what? His stance hasn't changed in a week. He knows, and that there's the Ultimate Fighter involved too. They're not pulling the plug on the Ultimate Fighter. Like they want those guys to be coaches. So I would say to all the fans who are getting worked up over this, no, you're, you're just being worked right now. This is all. This is all just like you know people trying well, to. Show
1: I up. would like to see Usman change the. I would like to see him try to change the narrative. He's doing Because once right again. Now. You're the king. They should be coming to you, right? Might be too that's, late. That's my thought. So Usman's the king. He's giving Masvidal this. Hey, the reality is, it's if Covington's out, then Usman's giving. Usman has to approach this like he's giving the platform, right? There is no you on the championship. There is no you on the Ultimate Fighter without me, especially sure. if Kobe's out, right? Like that's what the public needs to see from Kamaru. It should not that's be. What, that's exactly what he's doing, and you're that's what he needs for. to do. You're falling for Hook,
0: line, and sinker.
1: That's what he needs to do. Right, but it's he too needs. late. No, yeah, but that's said what I'm saying. No, that's what he he needs to make it look that way because what it, I'm his friend, and I told you on Saturday, I think he shouldn't be calling out a challenger. Challenger should always call out the champion, right? That's what you've put yourself in that position in order to be the man that way.
0: So that's super interesting. Look, and like I said, nothing to get worried about um i think that they end up being the coaches on the ultimate fighter i think they end up fighting in the summertime in august or so but then how about leon rocky edwards finally getting an opponent and i love everything about this dc ultimately i wish that he was fighting colby and we'll get to colby in a second but how about the fact that balal muhammad who i even think that we mentioned on the show last week as a potential guy to slide in there and fight him he gets i love these spots he's never fought in a main event he's taken a big opportunity he's won four in a row Massive shot against a guy who's on a roll, and at the end of the day, like Lee, I got so many people last week saying, "What an idiot Leon Edwards is! Why is he taking this fight? He's got nothing to gain, nothing." First of all, people, do you forget that this is how fighters make a living? Like the guy's <laughs> got to get paid. So, a he hasn't been paid in the while. July of 2019. So that's one thing to gain. Number two, at the end of the day, this isn't a meritocracy. Just win, baby. You win. You're on ESPN. You get on the mic. You cut a promo. Now you're in everyone's consciousness. The championship just ha- Like, you got to win. So for him mm-hmm. to sit out and say, I love that Leon said March 13th, I'm not budging. A, I love the fact that Bilal stepped up. It's a fun, like, sort of rocky moment for Bilal getting an opportunity to fight. Like, everything about this I love. I saw some people say, like, oh, Leon blew this. How could they give this main event? Oh, no. The guy just needs to fight. He's getting his fight. Good on Leon. Good on Bilal. I'm all in. It's been too long since Leon's fought, first off. So even though he's won seven
1: in a row in the mind, it's like, when was that seven wins in a row? You know, he hasn't lost since he lost to Kamaru Usman. Hmm. Last time that dude lost was to the champ whenever they first were in the UFC. He, and by he, the way? Eight in a row, sorry. He's actually, and Leon fought well. Camar just took him down a lot, Right. But on the feet, he did a good job, and he's a friend. You know, it's been so long that you can look into that matchup down the line. Bilal Muhammad, though, finds himself in a m- only win situation. There's not much to lose for him. Amen. He's been what's he ranked now? What's Bilal ranked now? He was 13 going into his last fight. I bet he's got to be getting close to the top 10. He was very disappointed in the fact that when people talk about champions and future champions. He was never mentioned. This opportunity gives him a chance to put himself in the conversation. Because if he beats Leon Edwards, he'll be in the top 10 squarely. And he'll be looking at another massive fight with the chance to go up the rankings. This is a big spot for Bilal, man. Remember the name, Bilal Muhammad. And this dude can fight. He's tough. He's durable. He's got great cardio. But, I mean, he is going to fight Leon Edwards, who is just striking. Rocky's as good as they come.
0: He really is. So so I love everything about it uh, because we have seen these spots before. Like if you're a guy who's on the fringe, 13, 14, 15, this is how you break through. Like we yeah. saw, remember Jack Hermanson took a short notice fight against Jacare. This is how you break through. And so for Bilal, it's an opportunity to break through. It's an opportunity for Leon to get paid. I love that he didn't budge. He needed to fight. He should have stayed on that January 20th card. And I'm happy they're moving on from the Hamzat situation for now. This is what I don't like about it. This fight should have been Colby versus Leon. I'm upset with Colby. He needed to take this fight. What does he do? I don't understand what Colby's doing. What is he going to wait for Usman Masvidal? He's going to fight in 2022 because guess what? The winner of that fight's not fighting again this year. Like what is, What more do you want than a Leon Edwards fight? What are you waiting for? I don't he understand. Needs to fight way. somebody. Colby needs to fight
1: somebody. Um, don't you agree that it? he botched this one? But who is that? Who is there? I mean, I don't. I don't, I don't <laughs> necessarily. I don't know if he botched it in a sense that he didn't have a lot of time, right? Like, it's not like he had a, a full camp to prepare. And you can't, Ariel, you can only talk about just the matchup to a certain degree. You got to take into all the different aspects. One, Kobe Covington, because of the way that he fights the output and the effort that he fights with, you cannot gain that in two weeks.
0: Not two weeks. We're talking five weeks. When's the fight? March 13th. But, the, but Hamza's been out for like over a week now. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, man.
1: He, the, the way that he fights, he needs time to get in like great shape. You don't, you don't fight against,
0: against Robbie team. Lawler in August. That, w- that couldn't have been more than five, max six weeks. You remember when he fought Robbie Lawler on a fight night in the middle of the afternoon in Newark, New Jersey in August? Yeah, of- yeah, I remember that. Well, but yes, and then look at all the output. So I would like to go back and see how
1: long he had to prepare for that. Because you don't get to in that type of shape fast. It takes time to be able to put out the type of effort that Kobe Covington puts out whenever he fights. So I see why he didn't. Do I believe that it should have been those two?
0: Yes. Here's because
1: then what, we have a clear number one contender after.
0: Here's what I just don't want to see happen. I don't want to see him squat on his spot. This is my issue with the welterweights. It's a lot of squatting. It, and, and by the way, Masvidal is in that boat. Gilbert Burns is in that boat. There's a lot of people squatting on their spot. I don't want to see Colby, who right now is number one in the rankings for whatever that's worth, squat on his spot. So next, I want to see Chiesa against Colby, who you know he called him out. I want to see Wonderboy against Colby or, by the way, Gilbert Burns versus Colby. But I don't want to see him squat on his spot and not fight for the entire year. I thought this was the fight. Fine, but he's got to fight someone else, right? I say, Cole, yes,
1: he has to fight. Yes, but he also needs to try to line up that fight with uh, when the champ is fighting somewhere in the same area so that they're in line to go again. Because I believe that every single time Kobe Covington fights uh, Kamaru Usman, it's the most difficult fight for him. I think it's the most, every time. For for who? For Usman or for Usman. Yes, I think for for both, right? Because I think that even though Usman finished him last time, he pushed him so much, and it was such a close fight. Two to two going into round five. Yeah. Across the board, two to two going into round five, and Kamaru finished him. So it's a—it's uh, always a difficult fight, and I feel like for all things considered, at this point today, they are, they are the top two welterweights in the world. I know Gilbert Burns. I said this about Gilbert a couple weeks ago, um, but that competition showed that I was wrong with him and Usman. But I don't think Usman ever uh, does Covington like that. It's always a very difficult fight. Usman wins still, but I think that if those guys fought a whole bunch of times, you could see varying results.
0: Couldn't agree more. Colby Covington is the second best welterweight on the planet right now. Yes. And maybe that's why I really wanted to see the Leon fight. And I felt like the stars aligned perfectly for it, but I just don't want to see him sit out in the prime of his career, the entire year and wait for the winner of Usman Masvidal. That to me would be crazy. So we'll see how that all pans out. By the way, there was some talk last week. This is never going to happen, right? Uh, Khabib go up and fight Usman, or Usman go up and fight Izzy. I saw the like. I don't even think that's worth entertaining. I don't see those guys ever fighting. I don't see it ever even being close to reality.
1: I think when you look at those guys, they're actual welterweights and lightweights. Khabib maybe could fight at one seventy. He's a big guy, but he would still look small next to Usman. Right? I believe that Usman going up to one eighty five would be not the best situation. He's too small. Hmm. Um, these guys, he's a true welterweight. And he needs to fight at Walter and establish himself as uh, the greatest Walter of all time, even though you believe there's work to be done in that aspect.
0: Yes. I think most of the people agreed with me after we posted the clip. Shout out to the (laughs) New York Rick and Tessa. By the way, speaking of Habib, did you see this interview he did last week? He did it with a Russian outlet. I apologize. I forget their name. And he showed a picture of what his face looked like before the Gaethje fight when he had the the mumps. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. I did knew you he had. See mumps. him like that
1: in that state. I didn't see him in that setting, but I knew he had mumps. I knew a few of them did. It wasn't just him. Like it just kind of went through their training camp. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was crazy. His face. I mean, I believe it we're showing cool. the picture right now. It was massive. It looked like my face. <laughs> it looks like me after I'm done fighting for a long time. But no, his face looked uh, very swollen, and I, I think what Habib did was even more impressive because of all the obstacles he had to take and get through during his training camp. It was not a very good training camp for Habib and for him to dominate in the way that he did just shows how truly special and elite that he is and how far
0: he has separated himself uh, from the rest of the lightweights in the world. That's crazy. I mean, again, talk (laughs) about a fight that's aging well over time. Plus you hear about the injuries. That he, yeah, he had a lot with, of injuries. His foot, I think, was messed wasn't
1: up. Unable able to spar. Like, it was a lot of different um, aspects to the camp that didn't go well for Habib. And then look at what he did. I mean, just dominated a very tough Justin Gaethje. So, yeah, that's why he's a man. That's why he is, the, he is the absolute man, and that is why Dana White continues to ask him to
0: come back to fighting. Mm. Uh, yes, I believe uh, round three of their... Uh, of their meetings negotiations is going down i wouldn't
1: stop i'd go 10 meetings every time he'd be willing to take a meeting i would keep taking i'd keep trying to convince
0: him i'm just waiting for them to call you like you remember when james dolan and charles Oakley (laughs) had their issue and adam silver called michael jordan to mediate i feel like at some point you're going to get called (laughs) in to mediate this like hey, yeah, DC.
1: Ah, but on. well, listen, it's not it's not contentious, right? Those guys are getting No no a lot not contentious, but
0: just to try to do on behalf like, of the I don't company. need
1: to be I don't need to try to bridge the gap because once again, like I don't have a, I don't have a horse in the race, right? Like I don't get paid if Habib gets paid. I don't make any more money from the UFC if Habib fights. Like I, I have no horse in the race. I'm gonna do exactly what Habib wants to do every time. So they they don't wanna involve me. Have you
0: ever seen him play soccer?
1: I've never seen him play soccer, but this whole soccer thing, I don't understand what's going on there. Like, I mean, I told him, I was like, you can't play soccer, dude. Like, you can't possibly think, are you good at soccer? But <laughs> they get this serious, like they're always playing. I don't
0: understand what's happening. Because there are some reports that he's going to, this reminds me of Jordan, uh, MJ, when he left the Bulls, right? And he Wait, just, like, won. he's going to play professional. So you're about to tell me Habib's going to play professional soccer. I was wondering if you could tell me if he's going to How play would I know? It. I haven't talked to Habib <laughs> in a little bit now. It's like. This dude is really gonna try to play professional soccer. It sounds like he's super interested. He loves it. He's a fan. He's played. Listen, I don't know. I've seen some footage. I've seen him play basketball. I don't know if they don't teach dribbling over there in Doctor They don't dribble what. over
1: there, man. <laughs> I'm t- dude, I this went dude over running there
0: the- with the ball.
1: <laughs> the first time I went over there, I was 15 for the cadet world championship. And they're like, okay, guys, you guys play basketball to warm up. And I'm like, Magic Johnson. I'm thinking I'm magic, you know. The the Russian kids are all grabbing the ball and running across the wrestling mat. I'm like, what is this? They never dribble. They never dribble the ball. They just run across the mat and they tackle you. They actually tackle you on the wrestling mat while they're playing basketball in a lot of circumstances. It's crazy.
0: So I've seen that the skills are okay in basketball, but that has nothing to do with soccer. Uh, it no, seems like – I mean, no, what, no, no. by the Habib way, what a story. Not a Habib's not, he a, can't a, play basketball. He made a couple shots, and now
1: you guys are all like, oh, Habib's a great basketball player. He can't no, play no, basketball. No. I'm
0: saying his his skills are come see, come see. You stop. know what's
1: crazy? You know what's crazy? Habib shoots the basketball, he makes it, right? Yeah. It's cool. You saying, oh, he's got some good skills there, tells me the level of basketball player you are. So all those stories you tell me I'm about your kidding. game-winning shots, I think, are out the
0: window now. I'm just trying to butter him up. I'm just oh, trying to. I'm just trying to extend an olive branch to Habib. You know, I want that exclusive. You know, Khabib, <laughs> yeah. give me a call. You, that hey, exclusive Khabib, goes to Russia. You need to call me on the cell phone. You know what I mean,
1: <laughs> brother, brother. Please call my
0: phone. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you. <laughs> hey, but okay, no joke, no cap, as the kids say. If I'm a Russian football slash soccer team, I'm signing I'm signing him. him. Yes, I'm definitely signing him. If you if you are a Russian team,
1: you're you sign Habib.
0: Like now no
1: fans, more fans, the interest. I mean, it was like when the White Sox signed Jordan. Like, come on, man. They knew what they were doing. I'm signing that dude. If I had a chance, I'm signing him for sh- absolutely. What a story. For certain.
0: He's still young. Isn't he like 31 or something? I think he might be 32 years old now. So what? Still so young. Right. I mean, when did you start your fighting career? How old were you? I was about to be
1: 31. Well, there you go. Yeah. I was <laughs> about to be 31 when I started fighting.
0: You started a whole new career. Randy Couture started his fighting career when he was 37. Yeah, I know. I just want to say right now. Wrestlers, man. Wrestlers, man. They are the best. I believe in Habib's soccer skills, unlike (laughs) his friend. I think he can make it, and I want to support his dreams. I want him to go out there and prove everyone, including you. (laughs) Wait a minute. What are you doing here? Hey, what's your angle? What is your angle? I just what's your know? angle here? Listen, leave Khabib alone. Hashtag leave Khabib alone and let him follow his dreams. All right, let, let him play him football. His... That's right. All right, DC. Well, it's been a fun day. So that's it. Yeah, we're done. What just flies by, right? It does, doesn't it? I mean, there's not that much else to talk about. A few other things here or there, but nothing big. Um, so Jarzinho. And surreal uh, gone. Hey, return of Canelo Alvarez this weekend as well. It's always fun when you got the big dogs fighting. We got the big dogs. What? Canelo's fighting Saturday.
1: Yep. How In can Miami. I not know that? He just fought very recently, right? I love it. He's very active. But why not? Getting paid millions and millions of dollars. And hey, it'd be like a man. It'd be like I, if I was Amanda Nunes, I'd be fighting as often as Canelo. Because she's just dominating people. Like, it's the same type of situation.
0: Oh, Lesser competition.
1: Well, we got to see what happens with Megan Anderson here. But, you know, when
0: she well, fought. you said it, not me. You're the one who. No, I
1: know, I'm saying we got. I'm saying, I'm saying we have to see. But, like, the gal that she just fought, I think, beat Megan Anderson. So, it's like, you know, if hey, history says anything.
0: Put a little respect on Felicia Spencer's name, all right? The gal she just fought. Felicia I mean, Spencer. Come on, man. Cameron's that was bad, bro. She was close. I, I, was close. I like Felicia Spencer.
1: I think she's a sweetheart of a girl, but I mean, I think the scores were 50 to 40. No,
0: stop it. 50 to 40. Are you crazy? Was it? No (laughs) way. It wasn't 10, eight rounds every single round. You're nuts. What are you, crazy? She showed heart, toughness, grit. She she showed a lot of toughness. She Mm. really did. She really did.
1: She never quit on herself. I wanted the fight to get stopped. I was next to the octagon, again, being the Karen. You know, I'm like a Karen every single Saturday. Like, please stop the fight. I can't watch this. I can't watch this. But they let him fight. And Felicia Spencer made it to the final whistle.
0: Thank you to everyone who continues to support the show. Uh, Please continue to rate, download, subscribe, and review. And we shall be back next week, same time and place. Until then, we say, Face Radio.